take a moment beginning every every year and just think about where you're trying to go with social and the roadblocks that you hit and the successes you've had and uh, push forward. But it should it should always be happening. It's it's this organic beast, right? That's always morphing and changing. A beast. Adam Brown, our guest this week, called organic social media an always changing beast. Uh, I haven't heard that description uh, lately, but it's probably not wrong. Well, there were a few things, Jay, in this episode that were the first to be uttered on the show. Organic Beast, I think, was one of them. I think there was a kitten caboodle uh, in there as well. I did drop a kitten caboodle reference. That's right. Yep. Social pros listeners to uh, to that. But but Brad shares some really great insights. I mean, here is a business, Jay, that like so many, but few more have been transformed in the hospitality industry because of of COVID. And Brad's uh, and his team's tenacity and leadership and really what he talks about on the show, which is trying new things, being innovative, has uh, has led to their 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 success and and coming out of this. Yeah, you got to, you know, even if you have a plan, you have to continue to revise the plan. That's the nature of social, as Brad talks about very transparently. That's both uh, frustrating and great job security for us all. I'm Jay Baer from Convince and Convert. He's Adam Brown from Salesforce. Our guest this week, Brad Baker, who's the Vice President of Brand Strategy and Creative at Holiday Inn Club Vacations. Uh, you're going to like this episode. Brad's been in the social game as long as there has been a social game. He is truly uh, an OG, and you're going to learn a lot this week on social pros. You'll also learn a lot from our sponsors, especially uh, Adam's colleagues at Salesforce. They do a annual, approximately annual, big, 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 big research project called the State of Marketing Report, where they gather insights from seven, 8,000 marketing leaders from all across the globe. And this research highlights their current strategic priorities, challenges, technologies that are important. A lot of um, talk about the hybridization of marketing and CX, which is on everybody's mind. Uh, it's it's great stuff. I want to make sure you get a copy of it. it. won't cost you a thing as a Social Pros listener. Go to bit.ly slash new marketing report. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash new marketing report. That's all lowercase. Don't you dare use a capital letter. We also have a brand new sponsor this week on Social Pros, Adam, and I'm super excited. Adam, did you know, did you know that 265 million people per day use Snapchat? 265. 265 million people per day. Wow. Snap reaches 90% of Gen Z in America and 75% of American millennials. Uh, That audience is 150% more likely to prefer communicating with pictures instead of words. Makes perfect sense. Snap streaks, lots of photos, selfies, all that stuff. If your business isn't already advertising on Snap, you should really think about exploring that. It's a big opportunity, especially if you're an e-commerce or direct-to-consumer brand. In fact, ads on Snap provide a 300% return on investment on average. And now that I am a Snap ambassador and they are a sponsor of the program, I got a special offer for you. All right, are you ready? Ladies and gentlemen, tune in. If you spend $500 on a new Snap ad campaign, they're going to give you $500 for free. Spend $1,000, they'll give you $1,000 for free. Spend $2,000, you'll get, oh, that's right, Adam, $2,000 in free ad credit. 
To learn more and get rolling, go to bit.ly slash snapj. That's B-I-T dot L-Y slash snapj, all lowercase, S-N-A-P-J-A-Y. Thanks very much to our new sponsor, Snapchat. Now, welcome to the show, Brad from Holiday Inn Club Vacations here on Social Pros. Ladies and gentlemen, delighted to have on the show this week, Mr. Brad Baker, VP Brand Strategy and Creative of Holiday Inn Club Vacations. I think we all need a vacation right about (laughs) now. We've picked the right guest. Brad, welcome. Great to be here, Adam and Jay. Thanks for having me. Tell us a little bit about the Holiday Inn Club Vacations program. I suspect that most of our audience is familiar with Holiday Inn, the hotel brand. And I know there's a relationship there, but maybe contextualize for them how your part of the business differs. Sure. Yeah. So Holiday Inn Club Vacations is a vacation ownership product or timeshare product out of Orlando. There's a lot of big, uh, big brands uh, out of this market who offer really amazing accommodations and big villas and uh, membership to be able to vacation often. And we are, I would say, the, the vacation ownership arm of Intercontinental Hotel Group out of Atlanta. Um, so every big brand has a vacation ownership arm, and um, we are uh, the Holiday Inn part of that. And Holiday Inn, obviously, is a really worldwide big brand. Um but we offer like big accommodations in about 30, 30 destinations across the U.S. for families. Different properties then. So it's a different uh, place that you would go if you're in the Holiday Inn Vacation Club versus the Holiday Inn Hotel. Yeah, that's correct. So we're a membership-based vacation product. So you can become a member and you can uh, travel to any one of our 30 destinations or our expanded network of intercontinental ho- hotel group resorts around the world. One of the things that's been so interesting recording this show with Adam and Anna over the last 12 to 18 months is so many of our guests have been manifestly impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic, given the fact that you are in the travel business. uh, That probably has made for an interesting year. Talk a little bit about that if you could. Yeah, it was a hard year. So travel took a really big hit. So Obviously, being here in Orlando, there's a lot of my my counterparts who uh, live in the travel and leisure space, uh, and it was a tough year, right? Uh, people didn't want to travel for good reason, right? It wasn't safe to do so. Um, we're certainly feeling something different now. Everyone wants to travel, um, but for the last year, uh, it was really hard to, to navigate a very unpredictable environment and um, maintain business. Uh, we had it. We had it. We we did well, though, right? We we uh, we were able to still drive business, and there there were still uh, quite a few members who wanted to escape. And the beauty about the product that we offer, right, during that time of COVID, is um, we had resorts, right, and and some destinations that were more connected to the outdoors that were just naturally distant from crowds, and the villa accommodations that we offer um, allowed families to really escape and feel like they were safe in a, in, a, in a really welcoming and safe environment. So though the year was really tough, uh, I think our product in particular for our members uh, served as a great uh, retreat for them during a very, uh, very stressful time for families. 
Brad, as, as Jay said, it's it's remarkable to see marketers like yourselves who are transforming how they they do business. You know, during this this past time, specifically, I'm curious how how your use of social media has changed or did change during COVID in, in terms of the overall marketing and communications mix. Yeah, it, it really did. So, and it's starting to change again right now that people are wanting to travel. So, over the last year. Um, it was more, I would say social became more of a utility uh, for us as, as a brand. So there's a lot of misinformation out in the market around travel. And um, as consumers were looking to travel to different destinations and different resorts, they were really looking to social media to help just inform their decisions. And they were big decisions. You know, Should I take my family on what might be a risky trip right, with COVID? to said place. So we used our social channels to really help inform our members and uh, potential guests uh, about what we were doing, right? To address all those things that concern them with safety protocols and, um, you know, tips around traveling safely with your family. Uh, And the content that we did produce uh, certainly did, connect back to our resorts and how to be safe at our resorts. But we also um, answered a lot of questions that families had in general about traveling. Like, is it safe for me to get on an airplane, right? Uh, If I come to this destination, what are those safe things to do around your resort? So kind of going back to my initial point, it's um, it became a bit more utility, right? And giving uh, travelers some reassurance that our product uh, was safe for them to experience during that time of uncertainty. One, th- one thing I found interesting, Brad, on your on your website and your blog was your virtual vacation tab. And I, I thought that was really interesting during this time. And I was curious kind of how that manifested itself in, in other channels other than your blog and also how did you, was that content that was focused towards your current members or, you know, aspirational members or a little bit of both? Yeah, I'd say it's a little bit of both. So as, you know, the wonderful thing about social and even things like blog and capabilities of website is you can create content that puts people right in the middle of your product. And we did a lot of experimentation that started last year with developing virtual tours and, And those were things that, you know, using Matterport technology, for instance, which a lot of hotels and resorts are starting to tap into, um, that technology um, just allows people to be there, right? And to physically explore and click on where they want to go within our properties. So we found that that was really helpful for our members who may not have visited that destination yet or that particular resort uh, and for uh, consumers who are interested in our product. And when I think about virtual tours as well, there's certainly the, yes, you can go in and kind of click and kind of walk through 3D models of our properties. Um, but I also think about virtual in, in like in the influencer space, right? And, and, and inviting influencers into our properties and giving tours and virtual experiences right from their vantage points to give a true feel and a true view into what we offer as a, as a product. And Brad, I think you mentioned there's 30 or so um, properties in the network. Do the individual properties have their own social media accounts or are they um, you know, creating content or, or virtual tours or telling stories 
specifically about that one property, or is it only sort of the network of properties that you and your team manage? Yeah, so we so we all of our social activity streams through what I would call just our brand kind of social channels. So we represent all those uh, different properties through those main brand channels. Uh, but um, we are increasingly trying to tap into the local knowledge and know-how of those team members who operate out of those resorts to help us generate content and really give us insight into what's meaningful at the local level. So I would say that's that's an area that we are just starting to tap into, honestly. Um, but we have found that there's there's some really rich stories at the local level um, that are appealing to members and to those prospects who are considering our product. But yes, it does it does all stream through. I would say the master brand accounts within social. Great. I, I imagine one of the challenges you face is in attribution of of social to the overall marketing mix probably most people are not going to be like great Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Here's my money for a timeshare. Like it's not really a last touch conversion scenario uh, for you. And, and I suspect, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I suspect it's one of those situations where we're pretty sure that's working, but we're not totally sure how to measure the effect of it working. Can you elaborate on that a little bit and, and what you think about from a, a key performance indicator uh, and, and when you're doing reports for, for your bosses or for your team, what are you really trying to, to dig in on? Yes, it's a really it's a really good insight. And if you look at the industry as a whole, kind of timeshare vacation ownership, it's been historically a very sales driven right uh, industry. So the, the concept of brand and marketing is just really starting to take hold in this industry as, as we think about telling our stories and marketing differently. Um, so attribution, you know, it's the age old challenge when it comes to social. You know, I had the, the um, fortunate opportunity at Disney, at Disney Parks back in the day to, you know, help launch social when it was a bit of the Wild West. And no one cared as much about what it's doing. They just knew we had to be there and we had to tell really cool stories, right, within those platforms. So the pendulum has certainly swung to, especially in a very sales-driven organization or industry, like, great, yes, I, I know why we need to be on social, but is it driving a sale? So, you know, that that model is not perfect by any means. And I don't have, like, the exact answer into how, like, we're solving for that. But I can tell you, um, we are educating the industry more on what social can do. Obviously, there's these softer engagement metrics. Um, the more people that we see engage with our product through our social platforms, you know, the more that we believe they're going to go further down funnel. And um, the ability to, to, at least within social, engage with them at a brand level and then retarget right, with more transactional messages further down within social is starting to show that um, the platforms themselves are driving positive engagement that we can start to see loosely connect into sales, right? But that connection is not 100% today. Nor for many other brands. Don't feel bad. Yeah, if someone, <laughs> yeah, if someone out there or including other of you, if you have the, if you have the, the answer to that, if you crack that, then uh, yeah, the DTC was easy. Everybody else is a little trickier. Yeah. Um, well, if you're if you're going to retarget to potential members in social, and I love that approach, 
that must mean that you're doing at least some paid social. Have you changed your sort of organic versus paid mix over time? Yeah, we've um, we've been increasingly leveraging paid right to target. So um, again, back in the day, it was 100% organic, right? It was just a nice, clean place to live, and obviously that has that has certainly swung to more paid. So we are finding the balance. So we, you know, with some of our, I would say, more heavy hitting content, we amplify. And we certainly amplify with paid our more transactional offer type of messages through social. One of the things, Brad, you mentioned uh, a few moments ago was influencers and how important influencers are uh, to to your business, to I think the general hospitality business. But one of the things you mentioned to us right before we started recording was, you know, the challenge of of finding true authentic influencers. And I'm curious kind of how you go about doing that and how important, you know, those, uh, those, those people who do write and tape and, and, and TikTok about your types of properties uh, are to, uh, to your marketing, um, you know, messages. Yeah. Uh, an extremely part of our mix. So we introduced the idea of influencers, um, about two years ago. So uh, like most brands, when you're trying to start up an influencer network, it's hard. Like it's hard to know where to start, how to reach out, how to find them, how to manage influencers. So we, when we started, we, we worked with outside agencies, right, to help us formalize our strategy and help us kind of get going down the right path. We have since um, built out a smaller internal team of, of experts who um, manage our influencer relations. And they do a really amazing job in using platforms like Tracker to help um, identify in certain regions um, influencers that really kind of fit in with our brand. And our influencer approach has has very much been to only work with influencers who have um, a love of our brand and an appreciation of what we offer. I think all too often you see brands just go after the big kind of um, the big number influencer and that content tends to feel really insincere and you can kind of smell that they were paid right to deliver that message. Uh, we we tend to lean more towards micro, sometimes macro influencers who um, have smaller audiences, but they have a love for our product and they have a very engaged uh, uh, follower set. So influencers for us, um, we use them in a lot of different ways. The more traditional way of inviting them into the resorts and sharing their experiences. Um, but we've also leveraged influencers to write blog articles for us. So extending beyond their own channels and making connections into our own platforms. And we've even gone as far as using uh, influencers in photo shoots. So there are photos on our website that are of influencers. And the reason we went down that path is because influencers are, you know, they're real families, right? Especially a lot of these micro-influencers and the authenticity they bring to their visit and the reaction to our product when they are there that we capture is very true to the brand experience we're trying to portray to, to consumers. So um, our influencer network continues to grow and the relationships we have with influencers are getting stronger and stronger with every interaction. Brad, one of the things I find really fascinating about the travel and tourism industry 
is that at some level, everybody is a potential influencer because potential travelers tend to do a lot of research and read a lot of reviews. How important is it for your members and guests or guests of members to be creating reviews and saying nice things about the club and properties on on Timeshare Users Group and Facebook groups now and redweek.com, I think that's the name of it. There's a lot of places out there, uh, not to mention TripAdvisor, et cetera, where people can express their opinion about um, timeshares and vacation travel. Is that an intentional purposeful initiative on on your part or or is it more organic and and let's uh, hope that people say nice things <laughs> well i think you know the the intentional part i would say is you know when you look at the content that we put out as a brand um we are just we are speaking truthfully about what timeshare product is right there's a lot of like you really are let me just stop you right there uh <laughs> I've done a lot of work in the timeshare industry as a speaker and as a consultant, and I am flabbergasted about the authenticity and transparency of holiday in club vacations about sort of the the operational uh, nature of of the timeshare business. A lot of organizations, including some of your competitors, some of whom are much bigger, it's almost like they're embarrassed to talk about how the industry works. And you're very forthcoming. And I think that's really admirable. And I hope it uh, is a huge lever to your success. Yes. The um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a product. It's not for everyone. Right. I mean, just like, you know, there's other big purchases out there, right. That, they don't, they don't appeal, right, to, to all consumers. And when you look at timeshare, there's certainly, it has its fair share of, of misperceptions. And there's exit companies, right, that are putting out messages. Uh, you're interrupted in YouTube, right, when you're trying to watch a video. Um, we, we've done a lot as an industry, right, to really combat some of those practices. And a lot of them are just, um, and what they're communicating is just not true, right? So it's our job as as a company and my job as kind of a lead of brand and, and creative to tell our story in a very authentic way and um, allow consumers to make the decision, right? Is this a product for me? And um, when you talk to our member base, um, they love it, right? They've invested in it. Uh, it forces them to travel, right? Every year with their families and they have found it to be a really good product to serve their needs as a family. So I, I feel more the pressure to um, just tell the story in, in, a, in a truthful way and allow consumers to make the decision ultimately if this is the right thing for me. Now, with, within kind of telling that story, it's you know what you're gonna go through in the sales process, you know, what you get from a product perspective. And you know, we're always looking at what people are searching for as well. Like what are the questions they're asking about timeshare? And, you know, and how do we leverage search to really understand what's on people's minds when it comes to this product? And how do we deliver content that helps address some of those concerns or some of those needs that they may be putting out there into the Internet? Brad, as you noted, uh, the purchase or the consideration of a purchase of a, of a timeshare is is a complex one and a lot of research typically being done. and my guess is a lot of different channels. You're going on social, you may be going on YouTube, you may be going to those message boards and communities and forums for not only your customers at, at, at Holiday and Vacation Club, but just for the for the category in general. 
I'm curious kind of how you structure your entire 30 plus person team, but specifically the, the social team to manage all those. How much of it is, is proactive versus reactive? How much of this is being done by a customer care team versus the marketing and social team? What does that all look like? Yeah, so we have a we're we're a pretty lean social team, right? So, um, but there's 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 a lot of different um, um, I would say components of my broader organization that all feed into social. So we have uh, a couple of community managers, right? Their their job is to um, kind of understand the consumer and you know do your typical traditional community management and putting out content and scheduling content and just trying to engage in new and unique ways right on all the platforms uh, we have a small internal creative team as well that we intentionally built right to to keep up with the speed of social so we've got some great designers who are there and they're attached to our social media community managers and um, we've made them a team and they can react to each other and react in real time to what needs to be done right on those social platforms. Uh, and there, there's a whole um, customer service team within our company, right, that does monitor social comments. And whether it's a member or someone who's interested in learning more, they're, they're monitoring and they're engaging, right, to your point, from a customer service uh, perspective. Um, but, you know, there's other aspects, right, within the organization, research, um, we've just started to ramp up our more long format editorial. We have a small blog team, right, that launched not even a year ago. And all of these pieces and parts um, interconnect. And there's no real perfect model. But we found that if we put the right talent close together, and we have all the pieces there, right, to be able to tap into and leverage. Really great things come out of it from a social perspective and social content perspective. Brad. As you mentioned earlier, the timeshare industry has historically been sales-led, not marketing-led. And, of course, you still have a number of sales resources at Holiday Inn Club Vacations. But if you're adding a small blog team and a design team and community managers and a paid team and some agencies, et cetera, et cetera, that, that's all expense, right? I mean, that, that's all people that cost yeah. money and other things. And so – how do you, as a as a relatively new uh, team member, a couple of years, two and a half years, something like that? Yeah, two and a half, yeah. Yeah. How, how do you make that business case to leadership um, who might have been a little bit skeptical of this whole kit and caboodle um, before the arrival of Brad? <laughs> the arrival of Brad. Um for you know, the basic answer is just education, right? Educating on what social is and what social can do. So you start there. But the best, the best way to convince the of the power of social media is to demonstrate it. Is to go out, kind of put yourself out there and try different types of content, experiment, share right what we're learning, and take leaders along the journey with us. Um, Again, no, no one argues that social is an important part of the marketing mix. Um, to your earlier point, it's just what is it doing for our company? And the more we've been able to show that, wow, look at look at the stories we're telling about members or look at how we're addressing a, a timeshare concern with this piece of content or look how we're exciting, right? New eyeballs, right? To really think about our product. 
those are the things, right, that drive support within an organization. And I've certainly seen, even within our company, just this um, increased awareness and excitement about what social media can do. Amazing. Good for you. How much do you pay attention to what competitors are doing? You don't have to name them. We won't name them here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what, what they're doing in social, at least on the organic side, is, is fairly self-evident. Um, how much are you, are you looking at them and trying to benchmark? All the time. So, so my, my team, I, I, I also just, uh, I, you know, we follow not only competitors, but the broader travel space. You know, I still follow Disney, right. Even since I left to kind of see, you know, how they're engaging on social and just, and even looking beyond the industry, we are, we are always benchmarking and seeing what amazing things other companies are doing. And, we push ourselves like, okay, they're doing that. How do we go beyond that? How do we do something even cooler or do that thing even better? So it's, it's, um, it is a constant um, watch within our industry for sure. And you would know, Brad, uh, you like Jay and, and myself have, have been in this business for a while um you are you are truly getting the royal og uh designation that the jay uh, bestows upon uh the, the select and few of us <gasps> you set up social at disney nearly 20 years ago uh truly a pioneer in, in this space i'm gonna ask you an interesting question and that is what is the what's something that newer members of the social pros community would not believe that that you had to wrestle with or deal with in this social space two decades ago. Well, it wasn't quite. Too, I started in marketing, so at Disney twenty years ago. The the social, the coming of social was probably more like ten. So, okay. hopefully, that doesn't make me feel quite as old. <laughs> but but um, I'm still like a Yeah, but I'm still a classic for sure in, in this industry. Um, so, you know, when I look back at Disney, things that we had to kind of grapple with or anyone that's entering the industry is um, like back then, even though Disney was obviously a, a world renowned brand, you'd think it was a very easy thing, right, to develop social content around. Um, but it was a very protective brand, right? So we had to be really careful about experimenting and trying different things while still, so pushing the brand while still maintaining that brand legacy, which, you know, some brands can lose a little bit of sight of within social, they kind of lose their grounding their footing on who they are, to try to come up with the next really big piece of viral content or something that's going to engage a lot of people. So I think for anyone who's kind of coming in and kind of grappling with social, uh, just kind of look at your brand and kind of where, where do you fit? And how do you, you know, what is that edge, right, that your brand should go to? And you should think about social as kind of just going over that edge, right? And making leaders slightly uncomfortable, right? With, with, with how you're using the platforms, but not going overboard where you're destroying, you know, legacies of brands that have been created, right? For, for many years. So not a hundred, that's not a very clean answer, I think, to your question. But I think for, for those coming into a brand to represent them on social, you have to be really conscious of what that brand is and how far you can push it. And you kind of talked about that a little bit before we, we started the show that, you know, you're seeing less experimentation uh, from, from you as well as your pups there. Uh, why do you think there is a little bit of risk aversity right now? Is it because the stakes are larger, budgets are bigger now in social? 
or, or is it something else entirely? I think, again, and, and having been with social during the Wild West days, right, when it was all fair game and seeing it swing to more of a performance marketing based, you know, channel. Um, I think there, I think companies are just grappling with, you know, do I invest in the paid media of social, like the more transactional messages, which I can measure and return, right. And in exchange for, or instead of, you know, um, telling innovative stories or investing in something that, I don't know if that's going to, be worth the time or effort. And it's such it's such a hard model to figure out. And it's not a perfect model. So um, I think you just have to find the happy medium, right? You know, you got to drive your business. So you're going to have to invest in paid and develop social content that helps drive conversion, right? That is a big part of what social is today. But you can't lose sight of how you leverage social to tell really engaging stories to keep people just right? Connected to your brand. Because ultimately, all those things that you do kind of top of funnel and building that relationship on social are going to ultimately impact those lower level kind of conversion efforts. Brett, I wouldn't ask very many people this, but you've been doing this long enough that I think you'd be a great one to, to weigh in on it. How often do you think the modern social media professional should be reexamining their social strategy and, and making changes to it? Uh, every year. Minimum. I mean, it's an always, it's a, it's an ever flowing, right? Examination. Um, things just change, you know, they change daily. You, you see the algorithms changing. It's just, you know, Google changes things up every 10 minutes, you know, as does Facebook. So, um, you know, I, I encourage the team, right? I've, I've encouraged my teams to step back, at least pause once a year and, kind of look back at where we've been and understand the trends and where things are going and start to recalibrate where where social right is for your company. So minimum every year, just take a moment, beginning every, every year and just think about where you're trying to go with social and the roadblocks that you hit and the successes you've had and uh, push forward. But it should it should always be happening. It's It's this organic beast, right? That's always morphing and changing and yeah, you know, and those some those sometimes those swings aren't always dramatic. You just have to be aware of them and be optimizing along the way. All right, honest follow-up question. <laughs> if the algorithm and social media success path changes every day, make me a pie chart in your head. What percentage of that is frustrating? Versus what percentage of that is exhilarating and great uh, job security for Brad? <laughs> so yeah, that's a um, a pie chart. Um, I would just I'll take the I'll take the easy route and say it's split, right? Yep. You, you know, if, certainly you don't want to be a hundred percent frustrated, or you're in the wrong business because you have to be ready for it. So I would say half half of your brain is like, ah, boy, that's really frustrating. I just thought I cracked that and we solved it and we were, you know, we had good momentum. But the more positive 50%, I would say is, all right, I see what you're doing there, Facebook. We're going to adjust, right? And we're going to be one of the first to really adjust and, and, and change things to benefit, right, from that change that you just made. So that was, a, again, a bit of a cop-out answer, but um, I think you got to look at it. Be frustrated for a moment, but there's nothing you can do about it. So find the positive in it and adjust pretty quickly because it's not going to do you any good to fret over it. 
Yeah, no kidding. There's only so much hand wringing you can do. It doesn't actually mm-hmm. make Matter. it yeah. any better. Yeah, Facebook is not listening to me. If I'm like, oh, why did you do that? Facebook, they're not. They're not saying, oh, Brad. He, he just he just <laughs> texted me. Yeah, I don't text Zuckerberg and say, could you just maybe not adjust that yet? We're not ready. That does, that doesn't happen. They are committed to their success, and if that happens to coincide with your success, great. Yeah, <laughs> that, is, yeah. that is not for a priority. sure. For sure. Uh, all right, Brad, I'm going to ask you the two questions we ask everybody here on the Big Social Pros podcast. Nearing 500 episodes, Adam, our best people have been triangulating our, our past. They've been going into the time capsule and figuring out uh, exactly when the 500th official episode will drop. I believe it's sometime in November-ish. Uh, we're going to do some sort of big, big to-do, so we're, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll announce that later. Uh, Social pros listeners, uh, I don't know what we're going to do. Maybe, maybe you get to what you're going to win is a Holiday Inn Club vacation. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, from yes. One of, uh, oh. Brad's thirty properties. That's right. An all expense paid trip to one of our properties. I thought I was the. You told me I was the 500 episode today. You're That's not. not true. No. Like four. Uh, you know, I don't know. Really in the, in the high four eighties, low four nineties, four nineties, four eighty, four ninety, something like that. Not four ninety nine. No. I'm not like no, right there. Not okay, that close. Good. Not that Make close. Sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, your questions. The two questions. No worries. So the first question, uh, what one tip would you give somebody who's looking to become a social pro? Be a user. Uh, that doesn't sound great, but be a social media user, right? I've I've interviewed, you know, many, many of people, right, over over my career who are interested in you know, social media um, paths, right? Um, professional paths. And I'm always surprised that when I start to go down, right, how how engaged are you in this platform or how engaged are you in that platform? There's always one or two platforms, right, that uh, people tend to gravitate towards. But to really be uh, strong in social media, you have to be on all of them and you have to be active all the time. Um, you just have to understand the market and, and uh, I'm sorry, the space and um, and how consumers are using those platforms. So that's again, that's a pretty another easy answer. But just be a user, um, know it better than anyone else. Certainly know it better than anyone within your company if you are leading social media. Um, but you always have to be watching and using and thinking as you're using. Now, how do I apply this to my business and how do we use this in a unique way for my brand? Absolutely. Well said. Couldn't agree more. Last question for Brad, who's the VP Brand Strategy and Creative Holiday Inn Club Vacations. Go to uh, their website. Go to their blog, which is fantastic. Uh, Great content, as we mentioned earlier, even if you're not interested in a timeshare, great travel advice uh, content on that that blog. Um, The virtual vacation is awesome as well. Follow them in social. You will be richer for it. Brad, if you could do a video call with any living person, who would it be and why? All right. So I've been thinking about this a little bit. Um, the nerd, nerdy Brad would say, oh, George Lucas. So I could talk Star Wars all day. The business Brad would probably say Bob Iger. Um, oh, nice. And I, and I, and I, again, that's a, it's a, a little bit of a an expected, you know. You probably have heard it from others you've talked to. I don't but know if we have. Jim. You haven't? Okay. No, I think this okay. is the first from right. Mr. Iger. All right, I'll take it. Um, so I just read his book, The Ride of a Lifetime, 
Uh, and I don't do a, I don't do a ton of reading with business books, but that one really intrigued me, having had worked at Disney for so long and been intrigued by how he led. Um, but from a business perspective, I've admired uh, Bob's ability to manage so many disparate pieces of business um, with such a cool head, right? You never see Bob Iger shaken, right? He always um, comes into a, a situation or the boardroom very calm and collected and has such a great grasp of, of, the, of the Disney brand. So I, I respected him certainly when I was at the company and I continue to respect him as a leader today. And when I think about kind of social and content in Bob Iger, um, he is the, you know, he is the poster child of understanding, you know, digital ecosystems and the power of social media and the power of synergy and content across those platforms to tell a really good story. Uh, so I would, I would love to sit down with, with Mr. Iger and um, ask him more beyond the book that I just read. Other, other chapters. I think you can make that happen. You just got to hit him up on LinkedIn and be like, hey, hey, Bob, it's Brad. How you been? Know. Let's get together. Yeah, I don't know if I'm LinkedIn friends with him yet. I need to. I need to try though. I need to well, you probably should have worked on that when you worked at Disney. <laughs> that, that might have been a better end. You kind of missed your chance. <laughs> I, did. Uh, I did. I like the George Lucas answer too, Adam. I don't know that anybody's ever said George Lucas. I, Is that? I true? think it was a twofer there. I think those are both two new, yeah. uh, new suggestions. We're going to officially lock in Bob Iger, but, yeah. but both yeah. really great answers. Yeah, well, Bob, Bob, Bob yeah. Brad and business Brad are, 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 are you know well thought through. <laughs> That'd be one heck of a of a lunch with 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 Mr. Lucas and Mr. Iger, by the way. What would Party Brad say if we're just going to go for a trifecta? Who, who would Party, party Brad say? There's some sort of party? like an actress or a rock star, you know? What would yeah, party Brad let's say the third one in this group. Well, first of all, Party Brad doesn't really exist, right? But if I were to really party, uh, I would say George Lucas and Willie Nelson, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> hell of a I would party. say <laughs> no. I would say like Eddie, Eddie Vedder. So yeah. I would bring in yes. I would bring in Eddie Vedder, right? We have a very calm, relaxed, uh, zen-like party together with Bob and George. Uh, you know, Bob, George, and Eddie have probably spent time together in some weird, you know, like Davos kind of a situation at some point. You know, yeah, at Sundance or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's probably happened. Sounds like a, a new sitcom for ABC, right there. That's <laughs> yes, exactly Bob, Eddie, and George. Bob, Eddie, and George uh, voted off the island one at a time. Brad, thanks so much for being here. Loved uh, talking to you. Congratulations on all the success at Holiday and Club Vacations. We'll be watching as you continue to turn up the dial over there. Social Pros uh, listeners will as well. Yeah, great spending time with you. This was really fun. Really appreciate it. You bet. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jay Bear from Convince and Convert. He is the one, the only Adam Brown from Salesforce. We'll be back next week with another episode of what we hope is your favorite podcast in the whole world. This is the Social Pros Podcast. Don't forget, you can look at every single episode we've ever recorded, nearly 500. The number is in some dispute, uh, but you can find all that information at socialprospodcast.com. See you next time.